Yesterday, inter-Korean high-level military talks to ease tensions were held on the northern side of the truce village of Panmunjom for the first time since December 2007. Also yesterday, Korea-U.S.-Japan foreign ministerial meeting was held in Seoul to discuss post-summit strategy. So we see that things are really speeding up and you may wonder whether we are really heading towards peace. And now let's bring Darcy Drach, non-resident fellow at the Pacific Forum Center for Strategic and International Studies for more. Thank you, Darcy. Good morning. Good morning. So um, let's begin by talking about the post-summit hot potato, the future of U.S. and South Korea joint military drills. Now, President Trump said they are suspending the war game, and the Wall Street Journal expected the plan would include large-scale joint military drills, such as Ulti Freedom Guardian, which is to take place in August, uh, Max Thunder, and Foul Eagle. And the announcement instantly triggered concerning criticism in South Korea. So do you think President Trump's deal with North Korean leader is reasonable enough or too risky? Yeah, I think that that announcement made in his remarks after his meetings uh, his meetings with Kim Jong-un earlier uh, during the summit really caught Seoul and Washington uh, off guard. Um, after he made those remarks in D.C., um, uh, the Pentagon and President, uh, Vice President Mark, uh, Mike Pence walked back his statements a little bit, saying that it was only going to be these major drills and that larger uh, readiness exercises would still continue. And so there's a lot of uh, moving parts, I think, to this right now. Um, I think that a lot of the uh, military establishment, the Pentagon, uh, U.S. forces, Korea, have agreed that um, these sorts of drills are necessary for readiness against the North Korean threat. And those seem to be going on uh, as of now. Um, the question about the bigger ones, uh, I think, is, is, is really is, uh, as it pertains to the symbolism of these. Uh, North Korea has long been pointing to these sorts of things as uh, the reason for its need for the nuclear capability. But um, the fact that Trump put it on the table before uh, North Korea denuclearized, maybe I think many people assume is going to be a bit risky. Um, and it's not something that he can then trade later on if North Korea makes any moves on its process of denuclearization. So um, President Trump seems to be sort of flexible in understanding, whereas Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was very firm on his stance. And he said the U.S. hopes to achieve major disarmament of North Korea's nuclear arsenal during President Donald Trump's first term in office and would resume joint military exercises if South Korea uh, the talks stall. So what does Pompeo mean by major disarmament and what should be considered as major disarmament in North Korea's castle? I think that really is the question right now. Um, there's a lot of ambiguity in what major disarmament means. Is it about uh, missile testing sites as well as nuclear uh, nuclear facilities? Um, who would be doing this? Um, there's a lot of the statements that Pompeo, Mike Pence, um, that are coming out of um, the Pentagon, they're a little bit vague on what that means. I think that, as we know right now, all we can say right now is that um, there is no deadline uh, from the statement. Um, there is no method for verification. There is no method for enforcement of this, with the exception of perhaps restarting the joint drills that are already part, or had been until now, already par- part of uh, U.S.-South Korean coordination efforts. So um, as of right now, it's kind of hard to say 
by the end of his first term, they'd be able to dismantle the nuclear capability um, without those sorts of things worked out. And so I think that in the coming weeks and, and months even, we're going to really have to know what those details are before we can even assess whether it's realistic. So while Trump did say it could scientifically take a long time and it's going to involve uh, many different experts from multiple different nations, but um, is there anything that could be achieved in his term, his first term? I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's a difficult question. Um, you know, as, as it comes to denuclearization efforts in the past, um, negotiations, a lot of them have proved sticking points on the North Korean side. And that's really what we need to be worried about coming up here, particularly when it comes to verification. Um, that really is the question here, is how, how we know that North Korea has stuck to its word, that it's willing to denuclearize, and that it's going to carry that out um, without any... Uh, in the past, it's these, these sorts of details have, have caused them to renege on past agreements, whether from the six-party talks or bilateral agreements with the United States in the 1990s. All of these sorts of things have kind of derailed past efforts. And so, um, with, again, without these sorts of details, it's, it's a bit... Uh, do doubtful if if uh, if the process can can continue in the near term. So I guess we just have to uh, believe what Trump has actually said in Singapore is true that uh, Kim is really seeking for the peace and the peninsula. And uh, South Korea, U.S. and other regional powers in North Korea are moving quickly. For example, we had trilateral meeting with South Korea, U.S. and Japanese. Um, foreign ministers in Korea to agree on the cooperation. So what would be each country's role in bringing about North Korea's denuclearization? Yeah, I think that the fact that um, the three countries are coordinating this soon after the summit really bodes well for the process that's going forward. I think the really important thing to, to focus on right now is that any sort of change on the Korean peninsula needs to be multilateral, it needs to be coordinated, and it's going to be a really long process um, across a variety of issue, issue areas. And so I think that that's where each of these countries can play a different role in developing the relationship, uh, the larger relationship that North Korea is now apparently seeking to have with the outside world. So the United States can continue its efforts to um, maintain strong economic sanctions uh, and advocate for those. Uh, at, at international uh, arenas as well. Um, they can continue to work closely with allies and the, the allies in South Korea and Japan on the military level, continuing to prepare for readiness should anything happen, and also uh, for the symbolic uh, gesture that that, 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 um, that that has for North Korea and the world. Um, for its part, South Korea, I think, has a very large role to play. Um, Again, I think it's really important to emphasize that denuclearization also takes in the context of a broadening um, relationship with North Korea. And so while denuclearization is occurring, there's also roles to be played on the political front to ensure that the relationship is staying positive and staying on track. I think that that's where a lot of the danger can come. If the political relationship sours, then denuclearization can be, uh, denuclearization efforts will harden. And so yeah. South Korea, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, no, uh, South Korea's this. President Moon has really played an active role, I think, in, in kind of shuttle diplomacy up to the summit. Uh, and and he, I think his administration will have a, f a further role to play going forward. 
Okay, and lastly, um, of course, North Korea had a trust issue for past uh, two decades or so. But um, on the flip side, how do we trust President Trump is another question brought up that he canceled the Iran nuclear deal as well. So what's your quick opinion about that? Yeah, I think that's an extremely valid question, particularly since less than six months ago, he was pointing to, to North Korea as an egregious violator of human rights issues. And so I think that the important thing is in D.C., right, in Washington right now, is to keep Pre- President Trump's focus on North Korea to ensure that um, it's, it's seen as it's understood to be a long process and that there's multiple parts to the relationship that need to be managed in order for the denuclearization to occur. Okay, um, and then you've mentioned about a six-party talk. Is it too early to revive? I think right now it's a bit early to revive, but at the same time, I think that, again, manage, uh, a multilateral framework for managing the North Korean nuclear issue is essential, particularly since the countries in the region all have a bit different interests and different visions for um, what a denuclearized North Korea would look like, as well as what would a, a more international North Korea look like. And so I think the six-party framework is actually a, an excellent place. The institution is already in place for it to pick up back up on, uh, and I think that there's, there's reason to, to, to go back to it uh, in, in the coming months. Okay, thank you. That was Darcy Drott from Non-Resident Fellow at the Pacific Forum Center for Strategic and International Studies. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you.